This week's podcast brought to you by Restiva. Last night, I was putting our seven-year-old to bed. She desperately wants the WNBA finals to be over because she wants me back home. And out of the blue, she's just laying there in the dark and said, Mom, they need to have a robot, but nobody knows it's a robot. And it plays basketball. And when it's time for a team to win, it just can start making all its baskets. And I said, uh, Rose, they do have that. She's called Brianna Stewart. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. If people are listening to this on Wednesday, then tonight is game three of the WNBA Finals. And either Washington will win and will go to a game four and potentially a game five, or Seattle will win and they will win the WNBA championship. I've been gone for the most of the last, what, three-ish weeks um, during WNBA playoffs. And uh, it's been a while since you and I have been in basement doing a podcast. Our last podcast we had recorded ahead of time because Denny was on a uh, luxurious vacation and needed to uh, take care of that. So... It's been a while since we've been down here um, talking about stuff. Yes, indeed it has. And uh, and with the WNBA Finals going on, um, just had an epic semifinals. Seattle was up 2-0, and Diana Taurasi you know, had this re- unbelievable game, too. Uh, Seattle ended up winning the game, but hit three after three to put the game into overtime. And after that game, I was... Um, changing because I was going to take a red eye back to Connecticut. So I quickly went into the restroom to change. And when I came out, sitting right outside the bathroom in a wheelchair was Bill Russell. And his wife um, said to me, you know, do you mind coming over and saying, or or not do you mind, she said, Bill wants to say hi. And it just cracked me up because on our last podcast, we were talking about Bill Russell and being on that Southwest Airlines flight with him so many years ago and him telling stories and all of that. So um, he had been at the game cheering on the the women and um, it was just really nice to to get a chance to talk to him again and his wife. And um, he made the rounds in the locker rooms and congratulated the women. And in, in during the finals, courtside was um, Eddie Vedder was at the last Seattle game. I, I don't. I think it with was his a, daughter. With his daughter. He has a song, daughter. By the way, but anyway, go on. <laughs> did he ha- did he sing the song before or after he had his daughter? I didn't know there was going to be a pop quiz, but I think long before. Yeah, I don't know. And then who was the other? Uh, our, our daughter was so excited because Macklemore. Macklemore was there, and he was there. His daughter was really young. And I texted our daughter and said, just sitting a couple seats down for me is Macklemore. And she responded in all caps, oh, my gosh, um, this is the most exciting thing ever. You must get your picture. Anyway, he left the game before I had a chance to say hello or have my picture taken because his, his daughter's young. I think she's like three or four years old. And uh, it was late. So he had gotten out of there. But, now, do you um, think Macklemore texted his daughter to say sitting Two seats down is Rebecca Lobo, and she replied, "OMG, you have to get a picture with her." Yeah, I'm, I'm certain. His, his, uh, like I said, I think his daughter's like three, so uh, 
so anyway, he was there at the game with her. So it's kind of been cool to watch um, some of these people come and enjoying the games. And uh, it was funny. Sue, Sue was telling us, Sue Bird was telling us after game two where Diana had hit all these miraculous shots to put the game into overtime, but Seattle still ended up winning, that uh, Sue and Di- Diana were supposed to go out to dinner that night. And they didn't because the game had gone into overtime and, and they were going to be flying the next day to Phoenix. Um but that Diana said, you know, besides, if you come out with us, we might need to Nancy Kerrigan you. And uh, that's when Sue said, me, we'd need to da- Nancy Kerrigan you. You're the one who uh, just put the, the game into overtime. So anyway, I just wonder how many of their teammates, if the movie I, Tanya hadn't come out this year, would have even known that reference. Because what was that, 1994? Yes. What? Yeah. So um so anyway, it, it was just been, while I've been gone for a long time, it's been a really fun but bunch of basketball to call. And I can't wait for game three at George Mason, George Mason to, uh, to talk about Seattle and Washington once again. Well, while you've been away for three-ish weeks, I've been here having many adventures. One day, it's been at a long heat wave, I think all across America, but here, the only place I'm concerned about. And um, I was driving the minivan and our son said to our daughter, hand me that bouncy ball that was under the driver's seat and she reached under the seat and grabbed it and said it's not a ball it's a tomato and the tomato had been in there for quite some time as a rotten tomato and it answered two questions what was that smell on the 93 degree day when we were driving and what happened to that tomato I bought two weeks ago at Cane's Market? The best part was you had texted me this and, and told me this story and then said you know had I lost or dropped a tomato and it would kind of be impossible because when I get our groceries, I put them in the, like what I would call the way back of the minivan that is kind of, you know, dipped a little bit. They're like, there'd been no way for a tomato to have gotten from there to the seats. But eventually you said, Oh yeah, I forgot. I'd bought a tomato. Why were you, that surprises me in the first place. Why would you have been buying a tomato? Because I wanted to put it on a hamburger that I had also bought. But when I, whenever I buy produce, I I stick it under the driver's seat. (laughs) Yeah, apparently so. And hope that I remember it when I get home. I didn't remember it that day, but, um, you know where you should have put it. You should have put the tomato in a fanny pack. We, um, we should, we need to revisit. I, I see fanny packs everywhere now. Everyone's wearing fanny packs. And, uh, and I think you and I both should get one, and that would be perfect when you go tomato shopping. You could have put it right next to the raw hamburger that you would also put in your fanny pack. Well, I want to get to fanny packs because there's a lot of fanny pack news this week. Kirk Cousins, the Vikings quarterback, tweeted last night during the Monday Night Football game, random fa- fashion question, are fanny packs really back in style now? And you could answer that because Mick Mankind Foley didn't he tweet at you yes, we during were, the WNBA game? Um, we were just joking around because this started years ago where Ryan and I, Ryan reads this promo about the WNBA store and um, during the game, once in the first half, once in the second half. We don't do it all season long, but during the WNBA finals, some point during the first and second half, he has to read a promo about the WNBA store. So we just, t- to enjoy it, we, we kind of are light with it. And a few years ago it was, you know, they sell, do they sell fleeces? What's the plural of fleece? And anyway, so this year I said, and maybe they sell fanny packs. And on the game where we mentioned it, yeah, the wrestler Mick Foley 
tweeted about it and said I, he, that he would definitely rock one. So I'm, I don't rock want, a WNBA fanny pack. Rock, yes. rock a WNBA fanny pack. And I believe pack. he was sent a picture in which he was posted a picture in which he was wearing some other kind of fanny pack. Yeah, yeah, he posted that. Actually, I'll repost it on our, our Twitter handle at Ball and Chain Pod. But my sister and her husband are big wrestling fans, so I, I immediately texted her and said, "Do you know who Mick Foley is?" She said, "Oh yeah, he's one of the good guys," and uh, <laughs> she's a big fan. So um. So anyway, yes, he uh, he says they are definitely back in style, and he looks like he's a fashion icon. So I think um, I think that answers that question. While you were gone, I found in a load of wash, I found a Nerf dart, and then I found another Nerf dart, and I was hoping that I would get a third Nerf dart, and there would be some sort of jackpot payout. But sadly, the third thing I found was a Starbucks stirrer, one of those green sticks that you stick in the little hole of the thing that people cover their coffee with yeah our kids call them the swords yeah but um but that wasn't so, the best thing that i found in the okay. laundry Wait, but, but just the to, just to clarify are you finding this like in the kids pockets before you put it no in the no, washing no i'm machine? finding when i'm switching wet clothes from the washing machine to the dryer okay i'm finding lots of things but a week ago i found in the dryer it had gone through the wash i had taken all of the clothes out of the wash in one wet mass and fit them into the dryer. It's always, it's kind of like a pitching a perfect game when you can do that, when you can get all the clothes out of the washing machine in one carry without dropping anything and getting it into the dryer. I did that and I put the dryer on and I heard something in the dryer that didn't sound like clothes, but I didn't bother to get up and check. And when I removed the clothes from the dryer, I noticed what it was. It was a full bottle, a full can of spray sunscreen. So you had put a full bottle of spray sunscreen in the wash. It was a can. Can. It had gone through the wash cycle. You Aerosol took, can. And then you put that same bottle, I'm sorry, the same can into the dryer before you realized that it was there. Yeah, and it's, it's and even though you heard it rattling around, this is somewhat fascinating. See, the whole the whole thing is you have to catch it before it goes in the wash. Like when I put the clothes in the wash, I check everyone's pockets. Well, and and yours actually, you are the biggest culprit for leaving stuff in your pockets. The the Nerf darts, I'm pretty confident weren't yours, but um, there's often money, whether it's bills or change, still in your pockets. There's a lot a lot of receipts I find in your pockets, and so you know you take those out before you put the item of well, clothing in the washing machine. I also put a, a shirt in. Our youngest daughter had a soccer practice, and they gave the kids sticker name tags to wear for the first practice. And I threw that shirt in the washer and the dryer, and not not knowing that the sticker was on, obviously, but also not knowing that those stickers don't come off Never. once they're. It's like the worst thing. It's it, it's worse than an ink stain or something. Is is one of those stickers once it's been through the washer and the dryer, and you take the shirt out, you can never get that sticky residue. If anybody at home listening has any idea how to, after a shirt has been washed and dried with a sticker on it, knows how to get that residue off, please let me know because um, our daughter was very upset. It was one of her favorite little t-shirts too that that happened to. That sounds like something that's easily Googled, but but if it's easier to have somebody write in with their tip, then by all means. Oh, oh, um, okay. So did you Google it? I I don't, I'm not worried about it. Okay. But you did come home for a day at a time. I think you flew back from Seattle one day and then flew back to Seattle the next day from Connecticut, which is a bit of a haul. And uh, on that day that you were home, you asked our 12-year-old what she wanted for dinner, and her reply was, real dinner. Right. I, well, 
that the next morning to our, our, our nine-year-old son said, I don't want breakfast for dinner and I don't want pizza. And I said, okay, so anything other than breakfast or dinner or pizza? And, uh, and he said, yes. So I actually, I was looking at my calendar before we did this. So in the last, in the matter, in a span of 12 days, I did the red eye from Seattle to Connecticut three times. And um, That's not, there's not a direct red eye. No, from no, to Seattle to Atlanta and then Atlantic to Connecticut. And generally the next day I would then have to fly either out back to Seattle or back to Phoenix or out to Phoenix. So it's been, there's been a lot, my head's been spinning, but yeah, our poor kids, that was their only request is they, they wanted real dinner, which meant not breakfast for dinner and not pizza, frozen well, pizza. So I'm curious, um, been, what else did you sprinkle in fro- to their diet while I was gone? Frozen white castles in the microwave, which they love. I mean, I could buy those. I, I could buy as many as Stop and Shop is willing to stock. And the answer to how many they're willing to stock is about four boxes at a time. Our son eats a single box alone of six. You know, when I was the frequent patron of the White Castle hamburger chain in high school and college, you never ordered fewer than 10 at a time. So they haven't gotten sick of those yet, and and everybody likes them. Pizza rolls, too, are, are a favorite. We, you take them out of the oven. The Totino's pizza they're, they're, rolls? They're, they're filled with molten lava, so I have to cut them in half with a poultry scissors to let the, uh, the temperature go down from about 1,000 degrees Kelvin to something that will only burn the skin off your tongue, and they like those. Of course, once you've eaten the first one, you can't taste anything for the next two weeks, so it could be anything in those pizza rolls. You do know that there's probably thousands upon thousands of recipes that you could Google, right, <laughs> and uh, and come up with something that's not just frozen. No, no, I, I, I was unaware of that, but if anybody, if anybody has a recipe that they could email to I, the podcast, then, I then I'd be happy should. to do that. <laughs> and, and also a personal chef they could send along the way since I don't cook. But um, I just want to say, say if, if listeners are, you, you mentioned your travel schedule and my own undertakings here. If listeners are sensing a, a lack of energy in this week's podcast, it, it's only because there's a lack of energy here. I feel pretty energized. Do you? I think I sound pretty energized. You're just adrenalized by the notion that you're leaving later this afternoon. <laughs> exactly. Part of my undertakings here, and speaking of undertakings, it makes me think of Undertaker, not the wrestler, the Undertaker, but the actual Undertaker. I I think I now know what I want on my tombstone. I've I've gone through about 50 iterations of what I want on my tombstone, but I think I now realize it's, he was a bald man with a pocket full of hair ties. (laughs) Because when when I... That would actually be a great country song. Yes. Got into bed last night. I took three hair ties, one pink, one orange, and one yellow out of my pocket. So I'm the one who has to do the ponytails in your absence. And um, yesterday was picture day while you were gone. So that ponytail had to be perfect for the third grader. And she usually rates them on a scale of 10. The best I have been doing is a seven or eight. She's a tough critic. But lately, uh, there have been a few 10s and even several 12s out of 10. So she's giving nice. you a 12 out of yes. 10. Very nice. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when we had our first daughter, or I guess when, when she got old enough that she had longer hair that could be put in a, in a ponytail, you couldn't do the ponytail holder. And, um, of course you couldn't, you know, for women, it's second nature. You grow up, you easily just pull your hair back into a ponytail because you do. But of course, men who don't have long hair don't ever learn that skill. So it took you a while to figure that out. But, um, but this is good to know because that is 
actually something I have never taken out of your pants pocket when I've been doing the laundry are, are ponytail holders. But um, Well, you're going to have to start getting used to doing that because I've become so proficient at making the ponytail that I'm going to grow out the hair on the back of my head and, and be one of those should. bald guys with a ponytail. Yeah, actually... You probably have enough, like the strip on the on the back bottom, that you could, if you grew it out, oh, of course have, a, have a sweet ponytail. <laughs> ponytail and a monocle. What, what would it take? What would it take? Like what kind of a bet or a dare take nothing. or I don't, whatever I don't, I don't, I, for you to do that? It would take nothing. A $50 payout? Our daughter, would, our oldest daughter in particular, who's now in high school, would never let you near one of her volleyball game she wouldn't let you pick her up from school anything if you she had doesn't that anyway so. Out of the back here. so that's exactly that's exactly a reason to do it we're kind of talking about different looks i guess when i was in phoenix during the playoffs we were walking around town we were there for the weekend the games were on friday and sunday but saturday in particular saturday night we see all kinds of people walking around downtown in costumes and superhero costumes and all different kinds of costumes so at one point I just asked somebody, I said, you know, I'm, I'm noticing all kinds of people dressed up, you know, what's going on? And they said there was an anime convention. So I think it was Friday through Monday because this was Labor Day weekend. But it was, I mean, it was interesting because, you you know, not only superheroes, but all different kinds of things. At one point, Ryan Rucco, our play-by-play guy, and I were walking down the street and two very, very heavy, actually three very, very heavy women I don't know what they were dressed as. I just know that their their costumes didn't cover much of them. And they were doing like Pilates or yoga or something right in the middle of like a green area <laughs> in the street. And it was just it was just an interesting spectacle to behold. And then I think this was Friday night after the game. I get back to my room and there's a little sticky note that's been put on my door. I was in room 1606. And right, in, and there was a, a room right next to mine, and there was a sticky note on my door, and it said, um, "Having a party next door, you're welcome to join. You know, must you know, dress up or something like that." And anyway, they, I thought it was very smart. They, they they had this party going next door. There's a lot of people there. It was very loud, and uh, instead of worrying about me calling the front desk and complaining, instead they invited me to the party. I was still able to sleep, no problem, but I, I do remember getting up at 4.30, I think, to use the restroom, and their party was still going strong, strong, strong. So I should have, just for the sake of the podcast, gone over to the party and um, met some people and uh, had some good stories, but alas, I decided to sleep instead. Yeah, do you think the three heavy women doing Pilates in, <laughs> in spandex in spandex on the town green, as you describe <laughs> it, looked at you and thought that you a spectacle to behold simply walking down the street you know what they they may have and that actually makes me think just two nights ago when i was in seattle lachina robinson is with us for the finals and lachina robinson is a little bit taller than me i'm six four lachina six five gorgeous woman and she and i were walking down the street with ryan and uh these two 20 something year old guys walked past us and one of them like turned around and looked at us and and this never bothers me but this guy was kind of rude and he said like those women are huge or something like that and I just turned and looked at him and kind of shot him daggers but yeah Holly Rowe will comment on this all the time if she's walking especially if she's walking with me and the China because we're both so tall and there's more than just one of us the looks that we get and the people staring she, we, her, we were saying just the other night that it's like we're uh, we're an exhibit in a zoo people are like staring and um, and you know 
if they had one of those little machines where you could put a quarter in and get the pellets like you do at the zoo and then feed the animals at the petting zoo, that might happen too. <laughs> Here's a question. If if they had those. Yes. If, Reese's if, Pieces. If, if oh. that's, what it would, that's what it would be? Reese's, not Reese's. Our kids call them Reese's too. Reese's. Reese's Pieces. Actually, I preferred what Reese's. What pellets, what zoo pellets what pe- would you like to be fed? The zoo pellet I would like to be fed would be peanut butter M&Ms. I think those are superior to Reese's Pieces. But what if other, <laughs> other of the zoo animals had a nut allergy? Oh, then we'd have to go with um, Mike and Ike's. Mike okay. and Ike's are, are the variety of colors, right? Yes, I think that's what we go with. Why? What would, what would your what would you, well, if no, you nobody, were an exhibit? Nobody in a zoo, regards me as an as an but, exhibit in a zoo. But, but I'm sort of a walking this is, zoo. This is a conversation that everyone should have. Yeah, if you were an exhibit in a zoo, you'd put a, what you'd would put a, be? You'd put a, a quarter in a little machine. You crank it in, and six steamed White Castle hamburgers would come out. <laughs> And then you would feed or, them to me. Or super hot scalding Totino rolls. Or just like, what, what is a deer? What kind of animal has like a salt lick? It's just a thing there. They go over and yeah, lick I it. Yeah, I think that's a deer. Yeah. yeah. I would just have have one of those, but it would be... Uh, White Castle lick? Uh, or pizza lick, yeah. Pi- <laughs> well, but you'd still be a human being, so it's not like you would nah, be... But I'm not much of one. Consuming I, I different uh, foods differently. You've seen me eat. That's true. I guess a pizza uh, lick would I, be I think, about right. I think I'd like to have one of those in the home right now. Well, in your absence, and the last, since we last um, posted a podcast, school has started. Our oldest is in high school now and has a 25-minute trip to school. We have to drive her. I, I had a lot of help from neighbors in a carpool, but uh, I've taken her a few times in the last couple of weeks. She and her friend are talking in the back seat. This is not an Uber confession. I am the Uber driver now for them, but um, the other day they were talking about Somehow, Kanye West and Kim Kardashian came up. Kimye, our daughter said, is their ship name. And I piped in with, well, if mom and I had a ship name, and she interjected and said, you wouldn't have a ship name. Nobody cares about you. And I said, I understand nobody cares about us, but if we, we could still have a ship name, and uh, I think it would be Restiva. Uh-huh. And... It occurred to me that that is the perfect big pharma name. In fact, it sounds like it might already be one. Ask your doctor if Restiva is right for you. Did you come up with the side effects yet for well, Restiva? I, I, think, I, think I think irritability irri- would, would definitely be one of them. Yes, it doesn't treat irritable bowel syndrome. It, it causes it. <laughs> yeah, I think we should give some more thought to the side what, effects. What Restiva may cause? You might have to come up with a, a graphic disclaimer for the side effects of Restiva, or perhaps perhaps it's better less left to the listeners. They're the ones, after all, who have to deal with the side effects of Restiva. Restiva. It also sounds like, uh, what's, what's the, uh, isn't there like a um, laxative yogurt that Jamie Lee Curtis flogs on TV? Yeah, but I've had Captiva. Captiva no, Captiva's I, an island. Stevia not. is like a fake sugar, right? Yes, but it's something like that. Something like Restiva. Well, I wonder if that's the reason when I was in Seattle and I got a text from our daughter that you were also on. It was our first family group text. And I see that she's named it Russian OGs. The Russian OGs. Not, not OGs like O-H-J-E-E-Z-E. No, like original gangsters. Right. And so I said, okay, I, I, I liked how she coined it that. And so I signed it uh, at one point when we were texting back and forth. I said, I love you. And I signed it, Big Mama G. <laughs> and her response was, no, 
she wrote something and then she said, and no one is going to call you that ever, I hope. <laughs> so these are the can of worms. And she's going to name our group text, the Russian OGs. Then she's going to have to deal with even more ridiculous behavior from the both of us. Well, our, our, our youngest, meanwhile, said to me the other night while you were gone, just in a out of the blue, in pajamas, she said, Dad, smell my foot. And I said, no, I don't want to smell your foot. And she said, and I quote, it's not pleasant. I'll give you that. <laughs> and so did you smell her foot? Of course not. This is our nine-year, our seven-year-old? Yes. Or our, nine, our seven-year-old? Well, that's, we don't have a nine-year-old daughter. Um, that's our way for her. Or that's her way to, to say, can you please put me in the shower? <laughs> Because she still needs us to regulate the temperature when, her, uh, before her, she goes her, her in the Her smelly shower. foot is the equivalent of the sunscreen rolling around in the dryer. I can hear it. I can smell it. But I, I'm You're powerless to do anything it. about it. Well, she's she's so funny because she's the one who just gives me the endless guilt trips. But she's not doing it as a guilt trip. She sincerely hates when I'm gone, especially when I'm gone a lot. And uh this past few weeks has been at the most I've been gone in a stretch in a really long time because the last two years at least, the semifinals of the WNBA finals were three game sweeps. So I had a few days home at least before the finals got crazy and, and this time that hasn't been the case. So talking to her on the phone or FaceTiming her, I think this is when I was in Phoenix and I'd been gone about four days in a row. And she said, I'm probably not going to see you again until I'm like 40. <laughs> And I said, no, you're going to see me again in two days or whatever it was. And and it's so funny because uh, she only has a rooting interest in a game if it means I can come home. So she didn't care who won game one of the conference semifinals. But once Seattle won games one and two, she was rooting her butt off for Seattle to win game three so I could come home. And they didn't. Phoenix won game three and then Phoenix won game four. And uh And I just loved how our daughter was saying to me, uh, Seattle was losing because they knew if they won, you'd come home and they want you to stay there with them. (laughs) I said, oh, well, that's not quite what was happening, but I I like that you have that that in your brain. So we know that tomorrow or today as the podcast is out, game three is going to be played in Washington and our nine, I'm sorry, our seven-year-old daughter is going to be rooting like crazy once again for Seattle, not because she cares one bit about them winning a championship, but she wants me to be able to come home as soon as possible. So um, didn't she ask you, will mom be home for Halloween? Well, she asked me, I was giving giving the playoff different scenarios this was in the semifinals when there were a lot more variables there were still four teams and four cities and you know one series might end earlier and the other continue so there were a lot of there were like three different places that i could be going three different times when i could be coming home and in the middle of it she cut me off and said will mom be home for halloween (laughs) well mom yes she'll be home for halloween on your 40th birthday that, uh, that should have been it. Well, you, you talked earlier about the first day of school, and I, I missed the first day of school. My, uh, I had hoped to be home earlier in the day, but I had missed. that was when I was taking one of my red eyes home from Seattle, missed the flight in Atlanta. Anyway, I was getting texts from you. Before I left, I thought I had gotten all the kids' school uniforms ready to go, and I was getting texts for you. I got a text, where's Rose's skort? And then a few seconds later, by the time I read it, oh, I found the skort. But my favorite was... Um, then, then I texted you, where's my skort? Yes, right. My favorite was, where's Tom's belt? He needs it to hold his shorts up. 
And that one I particularly liked because I had put his belt in his drawer next to his shorts. So you had pulled the shorts out, he put them on, and uh, they were a little loose, but you hadn't seen the belt, which had been right next to his shorts in, in the drawer. But they all, they all, you found all their clothes. We found all the belts we needed. Nobody's clothes were falling down. And uh, the first day of school, other than it having to be only a half day because it's been hot, as you've mentioned, they and they've had to shorten a bunch of days of school as a result. Um, the first day went off without a hitch. And well, he was hitch- he wasn't hitching up his shorts. That's true. Um, but you came back yesterday as we we're recording this, are here today and leaving again tonight. But in the what twenty four hours that you're home, what has our son and our younger daughter, youngest daughter? What have they been doing? What did they do last night? What have they been doing this morning? Um, what did they decide independently? And for the first time in months, months, possibly even years, have they done since you came home for 24 hours? Um, well, our, our seven-year-old daughter, we have um, a bunch of kid puzzles in the basement. And she came down to the basement, got a puzzle, brought it up, did the whole puzzle, and called us into the room to see it, and then disappeared again to the basement brought another puzzle up, did that puzzle. She's, yesterday, she did three puzzles, and then this morning she was excited and, and finally did a fourth puzzle. And I don't know if we have a resident psychiatrist out there. Do we have a show No, staff we don't have a resident shrink. No, but we could use one. What do you think that that person would say about this? Well, see, you brought this up this morning, and I didn't know what you were talking about until you then, Dr. Russian gave me your psychoanalysis of this. They want the family to be whole again. And you'll notice that in the six or seven puzzles that, that they did, there was a missing piece from each one. Of, no, there wasn't. But, no, uh, that's not but. true. <laughs> See, much like our youngest daughter, the guilt trip, you, that was a pretty heavy one this morning. You said, uh, don't you notice they're doing all these puzzles? They want our family to be whole again. Knowing that no matter what, that I have zero control over this, that I have to fly out tonight. i sorry, I get to fly out tonight because I get to do a amazing WNBA finals game tomorrow. But um, yes, I know whenever I call home or especially when I FaceTime our youngest and she's she's not doing so well, the um, be told that my absence is taking on our well, the, taking on our family and not just it also, not it, just the, the food they're consuming. Well, I was just going to say it, but, it, it, it leaves a, a small hole in each of the four children, and that's represented by the four holes in the White Castle hamburger patty. <laughs> Some people think it's to let the steam come through on the stainless steel griddle, but no. I, our children will not eat a single White Castle while I am home. That that's not going to happen. I will be home for a prolonged stretch. In the next few, well, uh, all of them want to go to a physical White Castle. That, that so we're I would going allow. To do that. that I would allow. On one of my red eye flights, I think this is the one where I was trying to get home for the first day of school, but was delayed and missed my connection in Atlanta. But I didn't sleep so well from Seattle to Atlanta, and so then when I got on the plane in Atlanta, from Atlanta to Hartford, I was zonked out. I slept like a baby the whole way. And um, so much so that when I woke up, there was a guy next to me, and he very sweetly said, did you have a nice sleep? And I just looked at him, I said, yeah, you know, I was knocked out, I was tired. And he said, you were snoring a little. <laughs> and I said, you should have woke me up. And You he should s- have pinched your nose. He said, right, exactly, to take us back to a much earlier podcast. And he said, nah, it was cute. And I was thinking, 
no, it wasn't. Like, you should have woke me up. How, or or you should have not watched me sleep. How, was this how, guy sitting next to you or was it a guy from the back of the plane? No, fortunately, he was sitting next to me. How horrific is that? Like, I was I was snoring a little bit. And this is the thing. I had been traveling so much and I was so tired. I didn't care. Like, like normally that might be something that maybe would be slightly embarrassing. I didn't care. I just wanted to get home. I was annoyed that I'd missed the first day of school. I was annoyed that I had missed my flight because of the delay. And I just wanted to get home. And um, it's like, all right, well, so uh, so that happened. But at least he was pleasant and, and nice about it. I, I don't think I told you this story. On, on one of my trips You out, didn't tell me that story. On, on one of my trips out to Seattle, I flew through Detroit and... I get on the plane in Detroit. I've been upgraded to first class. As I'm putting my my rolly bag in the overhead bin, I hear a guy across the aisle, the guy sitting in the window, say to the guy who sits in the aisle, he said, um, do you want to switch seats? And the guy who, and, and then he follows it up with, I like the aisle. And then the guy who had the aisle seat said, so did I. That's why I chose the aisle. And the guy in the in the window said, um, I have to get up a lot to pee. And so the guy in the aisle just said to him, okay, I'll let you out. So anyway, that happens and it kind of, set, kind of sets the stage for me. So I, I sit down and there's already a woman in the window seat. And I sit down, we're sitting there for a couple minutes and as soon as I take out my iPad and my folders, cause I'm gonna do some work. As soon as I do that, she says, she stands up, stands on her seat and says, I, I have to go to the bathroom. And she said, I'll, it's okay, I'll step over you. And I said, no. And I stood up and put my stuff away and, and let her out. And then she came back and said to me, I, I have to pee a lot. And I was like, okay. So I sit down again and we're, I don't know, an, an hour into the flight and she stands up and um, and let me paint this picture. She's probably a late, in her late 20s, blonde woman with a mini skirt on. And again, I've got my tray table up. I've, I've, I've got probably a soda on it or something. And she says, you know, stands up. She's like, I'll just step over you. And I said, no, I'll get up. And so once again, I put all the stuff away. I get up, I let her go out. So finally, this is maybe another hour later, she had a glass of wine. Oh, this this was um, this was my favorite. When when the flight attendant came by and asked us if if we wanted something to drink, this woman's response was, "What do you have by the glass?" As if Delta serves anything by the bottle. So anyway, she's a couple of glasses into her wine, and uh, I'm sitting there. And again, this time, she stands up before I can do anything and steps over me, climbs over me. She's wearing a sh- mini skirt. Her butt is in my face, climbs over, gets down and goes to the bathroom. And I'm sort of getting furious at this point because I've made it clear that I'm happy to get up. I would much prefer to get up than have you climb over me. And as she as she was standing up and climbing over me, she said, um, I can jump over you anyway. I think she clearly wanted to jump over you and well, not have you get up. She was attending an anime convention. She, perhaps she was going to the anime convention. So the then to put the cherry on the top. Um, pardon the pun. She sits down, and um, and as we're descending into Seattle, I don't know how many glasses of wine she's in at this point, and she's just sitting there, and her eyes are closed, and she's kind of rocking back and forth, making a humming sound, hmm, hmm, like she's gonna vomit. 
And I'm sitting there and all I'm thinking is, if I've just had to put up with this nut job who is trying to climb over me and then she vomits on me, I'm going to be furious. So anyway, she didn't end up getting sick on me, but um, it was the it was a less than pleasant four-hour flight or whatever from Detroit to Seattle. Connecting to an international flight in Seattle where she told the person sitting next to her en route to Tokyo that uh, I have to get up a lot to vomit. Right. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's a situation where I should have just said, let me take the window. When she asked if there was any wine by the glass, did you ask the same flight attendant if they had any food in pellet form? Right. Do you have any Mike and Ikes in pellet form? Yes. You have the sp- I see you have the special one. You have the zoo pellets? <laughs> yes, this woman d- deserved a, uh, a cage all to herself. It's been a long time since we've had one of these, but I have an Uber driver confession. He drives part-time. It's not his chosen profession, but it gives him a chance to share his life's lessons. It's time for the segment we call... Uber confessions. Ryan Rucco and I went to dinner when we were in Phoenix, caught an Uber from the restaurant back to the hotel. And the driver was very nice, a woman who was in, I would say, her mid-40s, early 50s. And um, we just started chatting. And uh, and she started to you know, tell me that she had recently been laid off from her job. And, and she was just doing Uber in the meantime until she found exactly what she wanted to do next. She was in... Uh, software or something so she was going to be particular about the job she took but uh she was just talking about you know i won't pick up people in certain areas like for example she named a certain area that that i don't remember she said but that's where college kids go to get their drugs and um and then she kind of went off on a tangent she said you know i i never did heroin but i'm from colorado so i smoked pot and stuff and then she kept talking and she was telling me about her daughter and her son and she was saying how her daughter's a a big time tomboy and at this point i'm not you know really instigating the conversation but um but i'm interested enough in it her daughter was a tomboy and then she said but my son he's the opposite he's gay and then uh and then i just you know didn't quite know how to respond she's like you know but i've always known and and blah 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 and and, and anyway it was just amazing because it was a I don't know, a seven minute cab ride. And um, I find out her employment situation, how many children she has, um, their sexual orientation, where to go to buy drugs, and this woman's drug history. It's so, reassuring, uh, though, to hear that your driver is not currently on heroin. Yeah, I, I did appreciate that. Uber Confessions. It's been a while since we opened our voluminous viewer mailbag, so why don't we get to viewer mail uh, ASAP? Kids, it's time to answer our voluminous viewer mail, which has uh, been piling up over the last five or six days. First letter this week comes from Billy. Billy with two L's. And Billy writes, As with Congress, you have thus far not recognized a small but influential population of listeners. Have you sent any swag to the District of Columbia? And we haven't sent any swag to the District of Columbia. But you're sending some swag there tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm yes. going to the District you're of going. Columbia. I think you're actually going to Fairfax, Virginia, though. I am, but through the District of Columbia. Okay. Uh, well, we're sending we're sending uh, fridge magnet then to Billy Gallagher, parentheses yes, Denny's brother. So Billy with two L's is Denny with one N's brother, producer Denny Gallagher's brother Billy, who lives in D.C. and as we know, has a triple-barreled margarita maker, courtesy of Denny. That's right. right as yes. a wedding gift. That's right. Well, speaking of that, 
Jackie and Uno. Uno is the dog formerly with one ball, oh, right. call, yes. and, and Jackie signs Jackie and Uno, Uno formerly with one ball. Jackie writes that, uh, A, she too was a huge fan of the world according to me as a kid, your oh, former blog. Two, I work home from home on Fridays, which means I try to watch The Price is Right. This statement probably aligns with what you'd expect from your demographics, except that I'm actually 30. Then he needs to to up his gift-giving game. One of the prizes, picture attached, and here's a still from The Price is Right, is the margarita maker he thought he bought incorporated into an entire tiki bar. And here it is, the triple-barreled margarita maker in uh, a Price is Right spokes model. It's not, is it not? Showcasing it. No, Vanna White is not The Price is White, right? Price the Price is, is White? Right. Um, Vanna White is, is Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. So this is just a, a spokes model. Oh, wow, yes. It, it should be part of a whole tiki bar. Not a tiki barber. No, not a tiki barber. A Former tiki Giants bar. running back tiki barber. That's tiki right. bar. Hi, Stephen Rebecca, writes Myra. I got curious about Rebecca's Reed poster. Now, you were on a, a Reed poster for The Giving Tree, I believe? Yes. And uh, that you mentioned on a recent podcast. The Reed posters are produced by the American Library Association, and we had lots of them in the library where I worked. I'm sure we had Rebecca's, but it's been a while since I've seen it, so I did a little, little research to refresh my memory. There's one on sale for eBay, used and in good condition, for $100. Really? It's pretty large at 34 inches by 22 inches and is framed. A heck of a deal, as we say up north, Myra, resident librarian. A hundred bucks. That's a, that's a really expensive frame. That's what I would say about that. Josh in Wyoming writes, and you may, I don't want to put you on the spot. You, you may table this for another podcast. Rebecca, who would your dream team of WNBA players be? Not just current players, but the best 10 of all time. Want to think about that one? I need to think about it, although... Think about who you can afford to offend and, and leave yeah, off and leave But I on. would do it a little bit differently. Like I would, My dream team would include mostly people that I just would enjoy hanging out with and laughing with. Like Sue Wicks, my former teammate, would definitely be on it. Sue Bird would be on it. Just people who are fun and funny and that, um, you can't you can't do that you have to have the 10 best players you're 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 I taking can really do whatever i can you do can't. whatever i want you he, can't. he didn't he didn't specify you want, you want more dream. zoo pellets he didn't, you'll, you'll do. he didn't specify what dream team okay. meant but i will give that because because that's very controversial because if you went that way the most fun and all that you'd have uh tarazi and and Sue, but if you just went to 10 best players, Tarazi and Super right, would never yes, make that list. Right. I'd have okay. to, for fun, I'd probably have Tina Thompson on there too. Anyway, also, I'll, I'll also give one it, of the best players also in one the, the league history. Players, yeah. So we'll, um, we went to the Basketball Hall of Fame this week, a year after um, the Hall of Fame ceremonies last year that yeah. we were able to attend. We weren't able to go this year. Jen Rosati would be on it. Yeah, I, I'll, but I'll give us, I'll, I'll tell Josh in Wyoming, we'll, we'll give it okay. some more thought. Well, uh, also on basketball, Kathy writes, when I played high school basketball, she's part of the class of 1974, she writes. When I played high school basketball, we had to share jerseys. The junior varsity game would end, and players would peel off their jerseys and hand them to waiting varsity players. We all had uniform shorts. We made season-long arrangements, so the handoff went smoothly. The smart move was to get a jersey from a JV player who rarely played. The starters' jerseys were dripping with sweat. I know that's gross. Safe to say the school district was not excited about girls' sports. We had to fight for everything we got. She does, She said, my hometown shall go nameless. You ever experienced that? And having to wear someone's gross jersey. No, we've talked about it in the past about sharing pennies, but never ever the jersey. That's that's pretty disgusting. Uh, somebody wrote in, and I don't know if I have the email here, but it is hilarious. Uh, we talked about playing shirts and skins, and somebody sent us a video. <laughs> 
a video oh, right. from YouTube, Shorts and Skins, of a pickup game um, where uh, some people wore their shirts and the opposing team wore, took off their shorts. My, <laughs> we'll, uh, I will try pixelated, to... Pixelated. Pixelated yes, out, Yes, course, I will try but, uh, to... Um, to repost this yeah, on was, maybe Instagram, which is also at ball and chain. Uh, oh, but and the, the email the, is ball and chain pod at gmail.com. This the, that just makes me think, though. I was listening recently to the Daily Podcast, the New York Times podcast, and they were talking about how many women are running for office in this midterm election. And they said the last time there was this kind of wave of participation from females was right after the Anita Hill Clarence Thomas hearings. And anyway, so they were playing some of the questions that were asked to Anita Hill by senators. I and remember it, was, it well. I remember watching it live. I, I remember sort of seeing it live. I don't remember how unbelievably sexist and offensive these questions were. And this was, what year was this? Um, well, it was, it was uh, 94? 92, 93, because I was covering the World Series in Toronto. I remember seeing it in the, uh, what was then the Sky Dome uh, press box. The hearings and and to watch it from another country was even more horrifying. It's just jarring. Anyway, they, obviously they didn't play all of it. They were just playing different snippets and different questions that were asked. And um, oh my gosh, for that to only have been twenty something years ago, um, just jarring. So anyway, that made me think of that. Well, uh, on an entirely different topic, Teresa writes apropos of something we must have talked about on a previous podcast that. Um, I greatly appreciate the warning about Dryerland. We must have issued one. Um, oh, this goes way back. Um, yeah, you got to clean out your dryer. Well, well, filter, she did. Like she she found something online called the Gardas Lint Eater, capital L I N T, capital E A T E R, but all one word. In the same way that Restiva would be capital R, lowercase e, capital S, T E V, capital A. Right. Mm -hmm. So, the Gardas Lint Eater, and uh, she has a. She informs us she has a twenty-four. I have a 24-foot dryer lint duct, she writes. That's a, a substantial lint duct. 24 feet 24 long. 24 feet? Well, she went in one end and and also attacked from the other end and realized that uh, pushing the lint 12 feet from one side, she has a 12-foot long lint eater, mm -hmm. and 12, foot, 12 feet from the other side, simply compacted, like you're jamming <laughs> in a cannonball, a, a massive thing of lint. So the next time she did the wash, she removed it all... Uh, the, the drying. I tried drying a load of laundry, but after an hour, it was still as damp as when I tossed it in the dryer. So she had to buy a 12-foot extension kit for the lint eater, and then was able to put it, push it all out. And now she has a um, a wonderfully efficient when dryer, it, and she doesn't worry about burning down the house. When it came, to, when it when she got all the lint out of there, was there also a can of sunscreen? There may have been. Um, that can of sunscreen is clean and dry, however, and it's still usable. We should get a 24-inch a lint eater and, and have Mike Agola come over and, and clean out our 24-foot our lint. Except lint that our dryer thing is probably like three feet, so we're, we're just fine with that. Is it worse to mispronounce or misspell a name? I get both constantly, but the ultimate is not knowing someone's name that you interact with on a regular basis. My closest friend I met in university, I saw every day. I didn't know her name for a full year. At a certain point, it became too embarrassing to ask. Finally, I lucked out and read it on one of her assignments. Cheers, Alana, I-L-A-N-A, -A, resident Canadian. We've heard from Alana before. She, she adds a helpful postscript pronounced as if it started with an E or an A. I accept both. My parents use both. So, Ilana or Alana. 
And yet it's spelled but with an I. Does she ever, but she never tells us what the friend's name was that she didn't know for a year. She doesn't, she, she doesn't remember she anymore, doesn't but, remember, but yeah. this comes up all the time. And uh, I run into people all the time and don't know what to call them. And you can't go with the old timer or dude or pal. Buddy. Buddy. Can you go with one. buddy? I'll start going with buddy. What do you do? What, I don't do anything. I just say, hi, how are you? And, and then that's that. Dr. Gary Siegel. Oh, we've heard from Dr. Gary Siegel. Well, we, we hear on a, uh, from time to time from Dr. Gary Siegel. We always love to hear from Dr. Gary Siegel. I uh, like that our OB is regular. It just seems appropriate. Is regular? Yes. Yes, okay. You, is this an analogy to cleaning out your lint duct or something? <laughs> In some ways, okay. I suppose. <laughs> well, I'm sorry we profaned your profession, Dr. Gary Siegel, with that. But my daughter, a 2000, this is Dr. Gary Siegel writes, my daughter, a 2009 Hamilton College graduate in communications, mentioned to me that she probably has a copy of Eats, Shoots, and Leaves in a Box somewhere and couldn't believe that I, Dr. Gary Siegel, was actually reading it because the header of his email is, I just finished reading a public library's copy of Eats, Shoots, and Leaves, which we recommended on a previous podcast. Does he say for he those who are, it? He doesn't, he doesn't, that's the thing. He doesn't say a word about it. And if of somebody says, it. if somebody no, says that, you, you have to assume they, they didn't like no, it. No, nobody could read that, and that fact, little book and um, not like it. Uh, somebody said to me the other night, Somebody, that they were going on vacation. Somebody whose name somebody. you do or don't remember. Somebody whose name I do remember, okay. but I won't say. Fair enough. But that person said to me, "You're, you're uh, Bob Woodward." <laughs> I'm Bob Woodward. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, this is on deep background. What did yeah. that person tell you? <laughs> what that person told me was, they were going on vacation this summer and were looking for something good to read. So now I'll, I'll use that person's first person. So I was at Barnes and Noble, looking for something, and I was in the biography section. And I saw Stingray Afternoons by Steve Russian. And I said to myself, I know a Steve Russian. And I picked up the book and there was a picture of you on the cover. I realized it was your book, Steve. And, uh, and I liked how on the dedication page, the dedication was sort of staggered diagonally like pictures on a staircase. And I didn't say anything. And this person finally said, I didn't buy the book. <laughs> I so love that. And um, just because it's funny. But uh, did they tell you what book they did buy? They didn't. Because they if didn't, it was Eat, Shoots, and Leaves, it's okay that they put yours down. <laughs> but it, it's, it's usually shelved next to the biography of Donald Rumsfeld because they do it alphabetically. Yes. So perhaps he spent her vacation reading instead. about rummy i don't know and i will do one viewer mail from our uh, twitter handle which is at ball and chain pod this is from ivy she said i looked for ranch peppercorn dressing today at my grocery store couldn't find it and then hashtag team steve yes thank so, you thank you i couldn't find it either i believe it's peppercorn ranch but it would be equally difficult to find and I was able to find it. So anyway, I'm just I noticed that because because we had it on our dinner table last night with I, salad. And so I felt compelled to try it. And did you like it? It was fine. It's, it's okay. But I think anytime somebody sends us a tweet at Ball and Chain Pod now for um, even if it's apropos of nothing in their tweet, I think it should end with hashtag Steve, uh, Team Steve or hashtag Team Rebecca. And um, at least then we know which side that they fall on. Absolutely. Or maybe or maybe it'll just be Team Restiva if they can't decide. Hashtag Restiva. Hashtag Team Restiva. Finally, uh, Rebecca and Steve, I am a big WNBA fan and a Minnesotan who now lives in Scottsdale, Arizona. I recently discovered your Ball and Chain podcast. It was a lifesaver this past weekend while driving solo from Minnesota back to Arizona. 
I binge listened to about 15 episodes. You have no idea how you took my stress away and replaced it with a smile and laughs as I drove across the country. Imagine that, driving from Minnesota to Scottsdale, Arizona, with only Restiva to listen to. I know, that's amazing. I, if if I ever have to drive from Minnesota to Scottsdale, is it okay if I don't listen to Restiva? Could I just put on, I mean, even if you're in the car with me, could we just put on a podcast, a different podcast or a radio station or something? Well, I'm just I'm just reading on. I, forgive me, but I'm reading this all now for the first time. Let me explain, Denise writes. I was at a family gathering in Minnesota at my parents' lake home in the north, up north the weekend of August 11th. Being from a sports-oriented family, my sister paired us all up for some friendly competitions. My very active 87-year-old mother was volleying a ball with my niece, waiting for their opponents for a semifinal match in Cornhole. My mom ended up reaching for the ball, falling, and breaking her hip. Thankfully, my siblings and I got her quickly to the hospital, and I'm happy to report that the volleyball-playing grandma, she puts in quotation marks, as she became known at the hospital and rehab center, is now back home. What makes this story interesting I think that makes that, this story right, interesting. Exactly. <laughs> what makes this story interesting, go on, is that my father and I had to pack a bag of clothes and toiletries for her when she moved into the rehab center. We ended up pulling out of the closet a pink workout bag with a logo from the 1995 Final Four. My family attended the game and watched Rebecca and the Huskies win the national championship at Target Center. I had no idea my parents still had the bag. As I listened to Rebecca's stories about that championship and Steve's about growing up in Minnesota, I couldn't help but think about my mom, that bag, and the last three weeks. Instead of pain, it brought a smile. Keep up the good work with the podcast. You've got a new listener. Also, I'd love some swag. I'll take whatever you want to send. Denise, we will send swag. Billy with two L's will send swag. I haven't sent swag out in a month. Somehow, I'm the one. I think all the swag ended up in the washer and dryer. Uh, no, I, but I, as soon as we yes. get new swag, you can start sending but it I, out But I'll again. send it out. And um, as I told Billy with two L's, that his brother, Denny's side hustle, is, is, is my job. Became so, your side and, and became that, your that, and main that, hustle. I really admire that side hustle. As Denny would say, that's a flex when your side hustle is somebody else's work. And on that flex note, I think it's time for Tom, Dick, and Harry to play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and is what we give for a little rest. Stay by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.